Today I'm in a uh, funky place in that I'm on the back end of this passage that we started on last week. So if you missed uh, last week's message, I'm going to invite you to go to iTunes to our podcast and you can download the podcast and it's going to give you the first part of what I shared on last week. But today I just want to uh, deal with the back end of this particular text that Aliyah read, read and we can interact and hear what it's saying. So a couple of things I just want to review uh, really quick from last week. Uh, you, you know the parable quite well and then we're going to jump in and deal with um, this fellow that's, that, that, that's in the text. Here's some of the things I want us to know last week is that every person in here, um, you received a gift or a talent based on your individual ability. And Wednesday, we spent a lot of time fleshing this out. So you receive the talent, you receive the gift based on the ability that you have. Okay, very, very important. And I use the word our ability, and I'm going to add in there past ability, meaning that what we showed God we're able to do is, is the indicator or the measurable by which God gave out gifts. Some five, some two, some one. But the truth is, every person in here has received something from God. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, very, very important that you not miss that. Here's the second thing I want you all to understand, okay? Now, the stuff that you have, and, and in this context, we're talking literal money because the text is talking about this rich um, property owner that went and distributed his resources to individuals. So, very, very important for us to understand that what you have, and let me just stay contextually with the text right now, the money that I have, it all belongs to God, okay? Come on, say amen. Your stuff belongs to God. Don't fool yourself into thinking that it's yours that belongs to God. And all we are are stewards of God's resources. Is that a fair statement? Okay. Now, now I know this is uncomfortable for a lot of people. John, can we bring this down just a hair? It's uncomfortable. You got to say this. Money belongs to God. Look at some of y'all. No, it don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And so we're stewards. We are... Um, we're stewards over God's money, and in the text, the man or the servants in the text were stewards over the money that belonged to the master. And the third thing that we shared on that first point was that the distribution was based on ability. And I said this last week, I'm going to say this real briefly, and then we're going to um, press on, okay? If we can't show good stewardship over the little we have, don't spend too much time praying for a whole lot more. Is that fair? Okay, we must be good stewards over what we have, and then we can begin the process of praying for more. In the literal sense, if, if we were talking today's day and age, this is not back then, but in today's day and age, if we were to apply how much money each person got, we could see the five-talent person, a talent back in that day would be, um, you know, roughly about that amount you see on the screen, but that five-talent person would have received anyway, anywhere from 4 to $4.8 million, depending on the price of gold or silver in that particular day and age. So you can get a feel of how much money we're talking about. We're not just talking little money, but big stuff. If it was two talent, it would have been about 1.6 to 1.9 mil. And then if it was just one talent, you can get a feel of about 800 to $960,000 in today's day and age. If that was today's day and age, if it were today and a rich landowner gave um, what the text was talking about, you get a feel of what that's talking about, okay? Um, I heard Aaliyah said, I don't have a job yet. I am hoping this is not true of the majority of us as adults in the building. Second thing was this. If we're going to increase our blessings, 
we are expected to go to work. I just need the men to say, yeah. And the women say, hallelujah. <laughs> okay, we are expected. We are expected to work. We are expected to do some things with God. And here's what that means and what that looks like. And we looked at this last week. Work is not a curse. Genesis kind of talks about that. And then the other part is that work is partnering with God, being all God wants and doing what God wants done in and through us. Now, Here's the thing that I want to go um, to deal with today, and we're going to pick this up and talk about that third fella, but let me just report briefly on these two guys, and then we're going to walk through the text. We are expected when Christ returns, if we were to look at this text in the literal sense, the rich owner or the man in the text, he gives resources to people, he goes away, and then after a while he comes back, and they're expected to give an account for what they did with the resources. If we want to contextualize the text, we can say this could be symbolic of Christ coming, blessing us, then he goes away, and then he's going to come back at the end of time and ask us what we did with the resources that we gave us. There are many, many, many applications that we can draw from this particular text. But the point I want us to all understand and appreciate is that when Christ returns, we're going to have to give an account to him for what we did with what he blessed us with. Okay, very, very, very important. Don't fool ourselves into thinking we're doing our own thing. We're going to have to answer for him. So when you look at the text, it says here that the fellow who received five talent, the author says immediately he went to work. And that, that word immediately used in the text has a sense of urgency to it that he did not procrastinate. He received his gift from the master and he went and he invested it and if you read the story, it says his return or his return on investment produced him five more talents. So he, he returned 100% return. The second guy, he goes out and he immediately does the same thing. He invests the money that he receives from the master and then he too returns 100% return in that he doubled what was initially given to him. The third guy is where the problems in the text come in. This is where um, I think most of us wrestle, most of us um, have tension points, most of us don't do well, is a lot of us, myself included, I'm finding that we behave a lot like this third guy. And I want us to read that and then we're going to look at what he says. Go with me to Matthew, um, let's look at this, Matthew 25. And then I'm going to read this, and then we're going to talk about this third guy as we kind of interact with him. Look with me at verse 19. Let me just read these, and then we're going to talk about it. If you're at verse 19 of Matthew 25, say amen. Let me know that you're there. It said, Now after a long time, the mass of these servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five, more, five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. 21 says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. 22 says, and he who also had received two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Here's where the problem begins, verse 24. He who also had received the one talent 
he came forward and notice what he said. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have scattered no seed. So I was afraid, verse 25 said, and I went and hid your talents on the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I had not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was mine uh, with, my own, with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And the said commentary is in verse 30. And cast that worthless service into the outer darkness, the text says, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me take a few moments and dig into this guy's business and see if we can connect with what we can take away from the text. I want us to begin looking at this by looking, number one, at this third servant of his own inactivity. So here's what this means. The master returned and the master said, what have you done with that which with I entrusted you? And then here's how we opened up. What had happened was, you know, and then he starts with the excuse, right? It, it, it's no different than you and no different than me. The master comes back and he says to you, and he says, Felix, I need you to give an account for what you did with what I gave you. He says to you out there, I need you to give an account for what, you, what I gave you, and then we need to respond with this. So I want to see if we can connect with this guy. Here is what this guy's open up by saying. Number one, he, 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 he starts by saying this, that you were a hard taskmaster you, you reap where you haven't soared, and you gathered where you haven't scattered seed. I sum that up by saying, number one, that this guy had a faulty perception of the master. Okay? Come on, I want you all to hear me say this. He had a faulty perception of the master. Now, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. If our excuses for inactivity is, is, is God, you're this, God, you're that, or what had happened was, or my situation is, or whatever the circumstances. I want to open up by saying, number one, be careful of having a faulty perception of the master, okay? Here's what he says about the master. He says, master, I realize that you are hard, okay? Matthew is the only um, writer that uses this, the, the Greek word for this word hard. In other words, you're ruthless, you're, 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 you're difficult, you're challenging, you, you have high expectation. And, and he makes this accusation of the master that you're, you're hard, and then he uses these two agricultural terms as if he's saying that the master has a way of taking advantage of people. I'm trying to let y'all know he had a faulty perception of the master. Here's what he says. You, you reap where you haven't sown and you gathered where you haven't scattered seed. It's almost as if, if I were to connect this to God, he's saying to God, you have a way of collecting stuff that doesn't belong to you. 
I, I want y'all to put yourself in the shoes of, of this guy. Craig Blomberg, one of our theologians at the seminary, kind of puts it this way. He, in his commentary on, on Matthew, he's saying, this guy is accusing the master of, of doing things that he has no idea the master has the right to do. Last I checked, the earth still yeah, y'all get where I'm going. Are you with me? The, the, the world and everything that dwell therein. So how dare me tell God, how dare you come into my backyard and take my stuff? God can look at me and say, it's mine anyway. It's just on loan. Oh, come on. I need somebody in here to talk to me. It's just on loan with you. Are you in? So how dare me say to the master, you're hard. You reap where you haven't sown and you gathered where you haven't scattered seed. Fella, don't you realize I make the rain fall on the just and the unjust. Fella, don't you realize that I own the cattle on a thousand hills. The world belongs to me. He, he had a faulty perception. And because of his faulty perception, it placed him in an uncomfortable place. Look at, look at, look at, look at the next thing about him. He, his perception resulted in fear. The reason he didn't do was because of fear. I need everybody here to say fear. fear. And I'm going to run out of time, but y'all going to have to grace me a little bit today because Dallas don't play till later on, so we're okay because none of the other teams matter, all right? Yeah, so we'll be okay. Are we okay? Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, I see you representing, good. Um, so, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Let me say this in English. Because he didn't know who the master was, he feared him. Now, the problem with that, because I don't understand how you can work for the master for all these years such that when he gives you a task, you're afraid. I don't understand how you can live in the presence of the master. You got to get me this. Here's what I said to you. Such that when the master now tasks you, you are afraid. I, I don't get this. Here's what I said to you last week. These weren't farm workers. These weren't guys that were, were janitors. These weren't maintenance people. These guys had access to the master. Look at the magnitude of the funds that he gave them. They were probably his accountants. They were probably his investment brokers. They were probably his business people. And you're used to handling the master's money. Then when he gives you some, here's what you said, I'm afraid. Oh, Lord, I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all going to get this. Y'all going to get this in a little while. Let me just give you a sneak preview because the reason I lock up in my pocket all that God has given me and I refuse to use it for him is because I really don't know him and I'm afraid. Oh, I wish I had. We're going to get, we're going to, let me, let me, let me hurry on, okay? Here's what fear does. It results in, everybody say that word. Yeah, yeah. Fear results in, because I don't know God, I'm afraid to do what God tells me to do, and so I sit down, and I do nothing. I don't work with him, I don't partner with him, and I miss what God wants done through me. Now, here's a principle, and I'm going to move on to the next part, that I want us all to wrestle with just for a little while. Um, the principle kind of says this, a faulty perception of God produces fear, and fear causes inactivity in ministry. A faulty perception of God produces fear, and fear causes inactivity 
in ministry. One more time. Faulty perception of God produces fear, and fear causes inactivity in ministry, okay? Now, there's a plethora of applications that can be drawn from this particular principle, and, and Wednesday I went out on a limb and started to talk and share some things, and you guys were asking me questions, where in the world do you see that in a text? It comes from this principle, a faulty perception of God produces fear, and fear causes inactivity. Belabor me with this illustration. I grew up in a home where uh, my mom died when I was very, very young. I was eight years old. My dad remarried. And so I grew up in a home with about nine children, and there was a mother and a father in the home. Here's a problem with my home. In my home, I feared my dad. I didn't revere him. I was afraid of my father. Here's what fear produced. Because dad was a disciplinarian. Human services did not exist in islands. Oh, no, oh, no. Back then, you get a whooping and you call the police, he'll beat you and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's how it worked back there. So that instilled a fear in me. Are you with me? And, and because of him being such a strict disciplinarian, I mean, that thing, it, 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 it paralyzed me such that I didn't have a good relationship with my father. Now, I'm not saying that my father didn't have a relationship from me, with me. I want you to view this through my lens looking up at daddy. Are you hearing me? So here's what that looked like at home. Man, daddy's bedroom was like the holy of holies. Oh, you did not go in there. Um, y'all can't, y'all, y'all guys are from America. You can't relate to this. You, you got help here. And, and, and so here's this thing. I mean, we wouldn't converse. We'd be in the car going somewhere and, and it would just be strict silence in the car because I was afraid if I said something, daddy might just reach out and touch me, you know? So it, it, it was a tough situation. I didn't want to hear me. So I come to the U.S. and I meet my beautiful wife and she invited me over to her house. And her dad was there, and her mother was there, right? And, and I go there, and dad is sitting there, and dad's like, hey, dude, how you doing? He's a father. Are you hearing me? And I have a perception of what daddies are. Here's what tripped me out. Then Katani comes in, and she says, hey, dad, and she goes over and kisses him. And I'm like you touch him? Oh my gosh. And then here's the other part. Then her dad went in the bedroom and with her little girly self, I think she was 18, I'm 19 at the time, she goes in the bedroom and I'm like, no! <laughs> and she goes in the bedroom with dad and she comes out and I'm like, you guys can go in there? Whoa! And then, then we come out, and they're sitting at the dinner table, and daddy talks, and they talk back. You talk to him. <laughs> that thing freaked me out. I never knew you can talk to the father like that. I never knew you can interact to a father. Are you hearing me? I never knew you can have a relationship. I wish I had somebody in here. And so I had a faulty perception of what a daddy's supposed to do, and it caused fear in me, and fear results in inactivity. I want you to hear me. Some of us in here treat God the same way I treat. I wish I had somebody in here. 
my daddy. You don't talk to him. You don't hang out with him. You don't spend time with him. And listen to what I'm going to say. You really don't trust him like that. We don't trust him like that. And so when he says do, we're like, What's, what am I supposed to do? I don't know you like that. And it produces fear. And that fear results in inactivity on our part. Are you hearing me? The reason you hadn't worked with God yet in ministry is because you really don't know him like that. You got a faulty perception of who he is. All right? Here's fear, here's fear, here's fear. You got hurt at the last church, and now you came and, excuse the grammar term, you jurned this one. And, and here's what you said, ain't nobody going to ever hurt me like that. And you're treating your last pastor like I treated my dad. I wish I had somebody in here. It's resulted in fear, and it produces inactivity so here we are sitting, not working with God. Here's what went Wednesday. God blesses you with resources, and you fool yourself into thinking it's yours. And he says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. And because we don't know daddy like that. Is this making sense? We are inactive. We don't work with him. We don't participate with him. We don't join him in what he's doing. And here's the word of caution I want to issue to you as we listen to this message this morning. He is going to return, and we will have to give an account for our inactivity. Come on, is this making sense, guys? Are you hearing me? He is going to return, and we are going to have to give an account for our inactivity. So don't be like this third fella. He had a faulty perception of the master. He, he thought the master was what the master was not. It produced fear in him. And so here's what he did. He went and took his gift and he just sat on it. At least I go to church. That's kind of like coming and you come through the doors and you go in the hole and you hide your talent in the hole. <laughs> the master is going to return, and we are going to have to give an account for our inactivity. Let me press on. Now, I want you to see how the master saw the servant. All right, we saw how the servant saw the master. Let's see how the master saw the servant. Are you hearing me? So now watch the text. Watch the text. The master referred to him as what? He said he referred to a servant as being slacking um, with his assignment. Look at, look at verse 26 real quick. Let me just read that real quick. Here, here's what he says. But the master answered him, and he uses these two terrible verbs, you wicked and slothful servant. Y'all go ahead and say lazy. Just say you're just lazy. Yeah, come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. No, look him in the eye. Look him in the eye. Say you're just lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why you're sitting there. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just straight up, just straight up. You ain't no good, all right? You're just lazy. All right. So, so you know, I don't know about you, but if God looks at me and calls me that, I know I've got a problem. Are you hearing me this morning? 
that I've got a problem if God refers to me as lazy. So notice what he said to him. You slothful servant, okay? And then this, this is difficult right here. Notice what he said him say. He, refer, he refers to his servant's action as inexcusable. You got to get this one, okay? Um, um, Chris, let me do this real quick. This is a plug for Denver Seminary real quick. Because if, if folk could look at the languages, you, you'd see where I'm getting this from. That, that pay raise, okay? Yeah, yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> he says, he says, your action is inexcusable. Now, listen to this. Here's what Blomberg says um, in verse 25. When the man called the master hard, gathering where you haven't sown or harvested, where you haven't scattered seed, Blomberg says the master never disputed the accusation. He didn't say, how dare you call me that? Right? But at the same time, Blomberg always says, that doesn't mean that the man was wicked in the sense that the servant was calling him wicked because he had a faulty perception. Are you hearing me? But here's what Blomberg wants us to understand. Here's what the, the text wants us to understand, that his action was inexcusable. I need to take a minute with this, and I know, I know my time's up, but I want to do this real quick, okay? Now, notice what it says here. It says, look at what Jesus says in verse 26. But the master answered him, you wicked and what? Slothful servant, and listen to the next phrase, you knew, you knew that I reap where I haven't sown, and I gathered where I haven't scattered seed. And I'm going to talk about this in a little while. And because of what you've known, you should have least, he says, invested my money with the what? Here's what that word knew in, in the original language. Here's what the grammar nuances about that verb know. It, it talks about that there's a past and a completed experience that this servant had with the master. Okay, let me go literally right now. How in the world you think I got all that money I got to give you some of my money to do what you need to do with? Because you know how I do what I do. You've been with me long enough, past tense, and you saw how I work. And here's the, the perfect tense, completed action that happened in the past. You saw that when I did what I did, it produced results, okay? Now, here's my expectation, present tense. I'm giving you some of what I had to do what I did so it can produce the results that I, pro I wish I had somebody in here. So it can produce the results that I produced when I showed you that I know how to do what I did. Is this making sense to you all? So here's what he said to the fella. The only reason you can call me what you're calling me is because you saw my previous work and there was nothing malicious about it when you were being blessed. Are you guys tracking with me? So, so you know how I work, matter of fact. And, and so here's what I'm doing. My expectation is I am giving you my stuff so you can replicate me in the earth realm. Listen to me. The only reason you're not sick today is because yesterday the master revealed himself to you. The only reason that bankruptcy didn't take you out yesterday is because of yesterday the master worked in you. I wish I had somebody in here. The only reason you're safe today is because yesterday the master did a work in you. Now he's giving you his resources so you can be him today. 
do for others like he did for you. But because we have a faulty perception and we're afraid because of the past, it results in inactivity and we don't do nothing. So here's what the master said, okay? Watch what he said. Watch what he said. Watch what he says. He expects that the servant take risk. I'm going to get very practical with y'all right now. So, okay, cool. You don't know what to do, but you see there's need. I at least expect you to get involved. Let me go here. Some commentator says that back in that day, you could have given the money to the temple workers or the temple loan folk, and at least the return of the rate of return that they would have given that man would have produced some sort of a return, right? You kind of, at least at a minimum, the Lord says, you could have put it on deposit and bring the interest. Let me tell you what that looks like, ministry-wise. Okay, maybe you don't have a gift of leadership and you don't know where to serve. At least you could do is volunteer in children's ministry. Okay. Maybe you don't have a gift and you don't know what it is, a gift of leadership. The least you can do is serve on the usher ministry. Okay, 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 okay. Maybe you don't know and you have your stuff in the ground and he's saying, okay, at least you could at least go volunteer for the security ministry. Notice I'm not saying the worship team. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, okay, 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 okay. You know, at, at least, at least, you know, we don't know. But, but, but here, here's, what, here, here's what we said. I don't know where I fit in. And then the master comes back and they did not make room for my gift. Notice my illustrations are from my vantage point to the master. How did you avail yourself to be used? Because at least in your service, somebody would get to see who I am. And there would be interest on your investment. They would at least be in by, hey man, thank you for coming and worshiping with us. The interest. Y'all not getting this. Hey man, thank you for watching my kids today. Interest. Are you hearing me? Hey man, thank you for what you did. Interest. And the master is going to come back. And a lot of us would not even have earned a tenth of a percent of interest. We've been saved for 40 years, sitting on our blessed assurances for all these times, <laughs> and have not worked with God yet. The master is coming back. Are you hearing me? Come on, come on, say amen if you're hearing me this morning. Are you hearing me? And he really has an expectation for his investment. Here's the last thing I want to say. The text says, pointedly, take what he has and give it to him who has ten. For everyone who, y'all know this. Here's what that looks like when we don't use the gifts that God has given us. Excuse the grammar again. Boy, I used to can sing. <laughs> I used to can. Come on, y'all. But I don't know what happened. I lost it. You didn't lose nothing. Pluck. God is in the reproduction business, and he fully anticipates and expects that we work with him.
Are you hearing me? There's another passage of scripture that says, work while it is day, for night comes when what? No man can work. Here's some action steps I want you all to take today, and then we're going to wrap this up. Number one, real simple. If you have a bad perception of the master, establish or develop a good, solid relationship with him. Don't have the relationship that Felix had with his daddy. You can talk to him? Dang! Yeah, he's everywhere, and he invites us to commune with him. We can have fellowship with him so we can know who he is, so we can interact with him, okay? And then here's the second thing. Produce a return on God's investment in our lives by working with him, using the talents, okay? Now, once again, I said this, this, this parable has many, many applications. It could be financially. It could be the gifts that he's given you. It could be the tithe. It could be you participating in ministry. It could be a plethora of things. Some of us in here have one. Some of us in here have two. Some of us in here have five. The expectation from the master is that we use what he has given us to advance his kingdom in the earth. Are you hearing me? And, and the body of Christ, let me say this real quick and I'll be done. The body of Christ, the body of Christ is a lot larger than the inside perimeter of, this, of these walls. And it's not restricted solely to restoration Christian fellowship. I want you all to hear me say that. You can use your gifts on a job. You can use it on the playground. You can use it at home. You can use it in your neighborhood. At least produce you some interest. Come on, is this making sense? At least produce some interest interest, okay? And then here is, 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 is what Aaliyah read to you all. God blesses those who use their resources to advance his kingdom while he condemns those who don't. The reason you have your one talent or two or five is so we can be a blessing to others. So that's the challenge, right? 2017, the first 100 days of the year, start strong. So you can what? Yeah. So you can finish strong. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, you're wonderful. You're merciful. You're kind. I know how we bless you, Lord. We worship you this morning for who you are, God. We give you praise. We bless your holy name. Forgive us for fear. Forgive us for inactivity. Forgive us for not using our gifts and talents, whatever those may be, God, for your service. Give us an opportunity, Lord, just to work with you where you're working, God. So we bless you. We love you. We adore you. We magnify your name, Lord. We submit it all to you. We submit it all to you. We submit it all to you. We submit it all to you to be glorified, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are. It is in your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for a moment and let me say this. As we just do a reprise of you can have all of me, I want you to just process for a little while. And if you're here and the Lord is saying to you, you know, you, I, I really don't even have a relationship with the Father. We want to give you a chance to respond and not leave here the same way you came. So if that's you, our ministerial team are here. 
they're going to be available up front for you to come and say, yes, I want to be all that God would have me to be. So if you haven't said yes, we want to give you a chance to say that. But then if you're here and you've been in the kingdom for a long time and not doing what God say do, it's time to join him, man. It's time to get, it's time to get in the battlefield with him. It's time to be all that God would have us to be. It's about him and not about us. So I want to challenge the rest of us to surrender ourselves to God. Give it all to him. Give it all to him. All of us. All of me. All of me. Come on, sing with me. You can have, tell him. You can have.